Welcome to the Michael Yo Show. It's the Morning Yo, a new podcast I created. It comes out in the morning, and we have some very cool people on, comedians, experts. We have actors on, and I'm excited today because I love this girl. She's awesome. You're looking at her right now. Look at it. Ah, uh, please walk. Like, here's the thing. You've blown up so much. I don't know how to introduce you anymore because I know you as Nikki Novak, but is it host? Is it movie critic? What is the title of Miss Nikki Novak now? I mean, the official title is Fandango Correspondent and Critics Choice Association member, but wow. I mean, it's not really that fancy, Michael. Oh, <laughs> wow. I mean, yeah, critics. <laughs> I love how you just dropped the Critics Choice stuff on me. That's awesome. Well, That's awesome. Critics Choice is like, you know, especially this time of year. Because this is the time of year we start talking about award season. That's when it really, you know, that part of my job beefs, beefs up because I have spent, I'm not kidding. I mean, I spent the last month, I would say, there's not enough hours in the day for the number of movies I get sent. I you know, like for your consideration type thing, because I vote for the Critics' Choice Awards. So yeah, so my whole life has been a lot about the Critics' Choice the last month. So, so actually the pandemic has been good for you because you get a chance to catch up all, all these movies and you're not traveling right now. Not traveling as much. I mean, it's not really, I, we wouldn't say it's been good because I'm so stir crazy, <laughs> but in the sense of like, typically in the past, Michael, I've had to like drive, I, you know, I don't live in the city. So sometimes I'll be filming during the day. If I'll do, I'll do a show and then I'm done at like one o'clock and then I don't have to be at a screening in the city till seven. And I'm like sitting in my car at Century City Mall <laughs> eating, eating like the food court food because I don't want to sit in the food court. Funny story. Nikki Novak, when I was on Sirius XM, I, I'm still on Pop 2K, but when I had a talk show, she would come on, do my show and just hang out at random places for three to four hours till she had to go to a movie. Like that is well, your schedule. My, office. my car, my car is indeed my office. So yeah, oh, in the sense of I don't have to drive, I can cram in so many screenings, but it is really different seeing it at home. And then it's, you know, it's really tough when you're watching stuff at home because everybody's got stuff going on at home. So staying focused is different. Like when you go to a critic screening or a movie screening, you know, you know how it is when you go to a movie theater, you have to turn your phone off or you should turn your phone off. We have to for stuff that's in advance and you're focused on the movie and that's it. But at home, it's a little tougher to stay focused. So it really separates the men from the boys in terms of movies, because if it grabs my attention and I'm not looking at my phone and multitasking, it's a really good movie. So, so uh, now since you're a critic's choice awards member what has that done for your career wise well it's i mean it's clout number one because like this time of year like i said all the you know the netflixes and all the hbo's and everybody's reaching out like can i send you my movie can i send you my movie can you and they want you to consider their movie because to be honest i get like 50 publicist emails a day and there's so many movies that people don't even know ever come out. And I actually like to get behind movies that like don't have a chance, like don't have that, you know, marketing budget or whatever, and try to find a gem and try to find ones and really get behind them. But in terms of my career, it's just, it's just a nice thing to have. I mean, I'm, primarily my job is Fandango correspondent, which is, you know, to go on like the Today Show and Access and E and all these shows talking about movies. Um, and mostly when I do that, it's like fun. It's like talking about what people want to watch as a critic. It's a different, I have to put a different hat on. So it's just like, you know, it's like 
rounding out your <laughs> you okay, know, okay. Not so, one pony kind of thing. So, so do people ask you more? Because I see you on TV today showing all the different entertainment news shows, which you do a fantastic job. You're amazing at it. One of the you best. You actually watch? I'm so glad you actually watch. <laughs> I watch your clips, Nikki. I, I, I don't actually watch the show, but I if you I, post something, I'll watch it. You'll watch. Here's the big test. When you post something, and it's the first minute on Instagram, do you click on it and watch the rest on IGTV? There's the test. Do you That's actually the watch the test a minute? <laughs> well, I just see, you know what I love is I just love to see you on different platforms because I know you're thriving right now. So that's great. And you've grown mm. since I've known you in the movie area. Now you're a critic. But what I want to know is when you pandemic. go- I've what? grown in the pandemic too, yeah. literally. You've grown in the pandemic. But <laughs> But what I want to know is when you go on these uh, shows, like the Today Show, an entertainment show, they're not necessarily looking for the critic, Nikki. They're looking for more of the informational information, Nikki, correct? Well, it's, you know, you always have to look at your audience and like who's who watches these shows. And, and if you're if I'm bringing like five holiday movies to the Today Show, it's going to be a different list than I'm going to bring you. It's going to be a different list than I'm going to bring somebody else, which is fun. You don't want to talk about the same things everywhere and you want to switch it up. They don't you know, you don't want them to see you on another show talking about the same movies and saying the same things. Um, so, yeah, it really depends. You got to look at your audience. Um, the Today Show skews like it's a lot of families and and a lot of women watch and and so and, and, you know, it's a morning show, so it's fun. It's lighthearted. You want to bring them stuff that's going to feel good. And, you know, and then if I'm talking amongst, like, if I'm on a show, like a collider that's really heavily into the superhero movies, we'll talk about that. If, if you know, we're, if I'm doing an award season show or podcast, then we're talking about all the critically acclaimed movies that might be too edgy for some TV shows or a little bit too dark. So, yeah. I don't know if that's so. So let, you mentioned <laughs> holiday movies, and I don't. Yeah. They don't need to be new holiday movies. They can be old ones. I never was a big holiday movie watcher, but now we have a lot of time, and I have kids. Uh, not necessarily give me kid movies, but what are like three three holiday movies I have to watch? Okay, and they don't have to be new. Um, for your kids or just in general? But for me and my for family. I mean, if the kids can watch it if they want, but mainly for me and my wife, if it includes the kids, great, because usually the only time we're going to be able to watch these movies is when they're sleeping. So it's probably just for me and my wife. Um, okay, so well, the first ones I would say, the well, first one that's coming out, I believe it's coming out on video on demand on December 21st, is The Crudes, A New Age. It's the follow-up to The Crudes, which came out in 2013, which I know you have to be excited about for your kids. <laughs> my son is ob. Uh, Sass. It's funny how that movie came out, like you said, in 2013. My son, you know, was born in 2017, but it's cruised 24 hours a day. It feels like that movie over the over the pandemic has grown even more. Like a lot more people know about it because it went on Netflix, correct? I think it, it's on Netflix. That's where we I don't know. It's on Fandango now and Voodoo. Let's be frank. Oh, it's on Fandango and Voodoo. Excuse me. <laughs> Fandango and Voodoo. <laughs> but after it went on Fandango and Voodoo, my son fell in love with it. And that's all he wants to talk about. I uh, personally, I do not want to take my kid to a movie theater. So I was like, when is this coming out on PPV? And you said December 18th or 21st? I believe it's the 21st. It could be. Um, don't quote me on it. Um, okay. But it, it could be the 18th. But I, I, I believe it is the 21st. Um, okay. But that's okay. going to be available. For rent and purchase. For rent. So this yeah. is the trap I fell into with the Trolls World World Tour. I my kid, and any parent watching, you got. 
I spent probably about 200 bucks on that movie before you could actually buy it because trolls was as soon as it came out, they put it on video. My son watched it once. If you have a kid that's under five years old, my son is three and a half. You know, that kid's going to want to watch that more than one time. Yeah, for sure. So literally I was looking every single, can I buy it? Can I buy it? And my son would be like, play trolls. <laughs> Another 20 bucks. We're a human Alexa. Play trolls. No, it's, it's serious. He's like, play trolls. I'm like, okay. So I spent around 200 bucks on this trolls world movie because they waited about a month, month and a half before you could actually purchase it. You probably don't have any idea, right? When you can purchase it, the crudes too. Whenever it comes out on video on demand, I'm I'm trying I'm to. Bit, look but it. that means you just I, I believe that means you just can rent it. You can't actually buy the movie then. Usually, when it comes to um, PVOD, it means you it usually gives you the option to buy first. Oh, okay. And then after a few weeks, you can rent it. That's usually the way it goes. Which for a movie like that. For families, they just go, yeah, done the first week. They buy it because they know just what you're saying, that kids want to watch it again. I'm an adult most of the time, and I've already seen it three times. You've seen it three times. It's that good. Yeah. Oh, Crudes 2. I really liked Crudes, but I actually liked Crudes 2 better because, and that's a perfect segue, because they meet the Bettermans in this one. Have you heard this, the sort of premise of no, it? No, tell me the premise, please. Okay, so this time around... They meet a new family. They're they're out in the woods or wherever they are, and they meet a new family that have this has this compound, and they're called the Bettermans. So Peter Dinklage plays the dad, um, Leslie Mann plays the mom, and then Kelly Marie, Kelly Marie Tran, who was in Star Wars, plays the daughter. And their whole world, like the whole Betterman's world, I want to live in that world <laughs> permanently. <laughs> it is the coolest. Like, it's just visually really good. They knocked it out of the park. I mean, you know, it's like Ryan, Go uh, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Reynolds, and Emma Stone from the first one, and Nicolas Cage, and they're all back. But having that new family, so basically it's the whole premise of it is that it's kind of like the Crudes, they're a close-knit family, and the Bettermans is this cool family, like a Hollywood family kind of thing, like that has everything and all the gadgets, and you're spending like a good, you know, portion of the movie seeing all the different gadgets, which is really awesome, but it's kind of that message of is having more better, or, you know, like family values and that kind of thing, but it's just got like the, like sometimes when I watch, and I don't know if you're the same, but sometimes when I watch an animated movie and I'm like, I know all these huge stars are in it, I don't even recognize their voices sometimes, or it doesn't connect. I'm not like, you know what I mean? Now, no, I know what you mean. And I don't want to poo-poo on any movie. No, no, no. I, no, no, no. But what I'm Go saying, ahead. like, here's my point. When I watched the old Lion King and old animated movies, those people were cast not because of celebrities. They had great voices. Right. Like they were great, great voice talent. Yeah. Today it feels like you don't have to necessarily be a great voice talent. You just got to be famous to be in one of these animated movies. Well, there's a whole trend now. It's kind of like, and I think it as much caters to adults as it does to kids because sometimes the kids don't care about adult celebrities, but there's adult celebrities playing the roles. Well, I mean, um, but but the real reason they're doing it, it gets more publicity for the movie. That's why you sure. use good celebrity. Oh, where, yeah, before, yeah. where before it seems it was just about, oh, the, we don't care if they're a celebrity. It's a voice talent. But that's the way everything's going now. I mean, even hosting. I, I was talking the other day. It's like 
Alex Trebek, um, the dude on Will of Fortune. What's his name? Pat Sajak. Uh, Pat Sajak. Uh, all these old school hosts. Nobody knew who they were. They weren't celebrities. They were just hosts. But now it seems like you have to be right. uh, a celebrity to even be a host. So well, yeah, everything- celebrities are hosting all the big award shows. And yeah. They don't necessarily have to be hosts per se. Um, so, yeah, it's the same thing with voice actors. But for the most part, for me, I... I like it. I respect voice acting because if you've mm-hmm. ever tried to do voice acting, I used to audition for voice for for voiceover jobs, and you don't realize how hard it is until you actually try it. And and here, and I've interviewed some voice actors in the past, like the guy that does SpongeBob, and I mean he can do 40 different voices in the drop of a hat and you think it's so easy. And I remember one time going in for a recording session, and they were like, Yeah, just you know, just do it like maybe eight different takes of this line. And I'm like, huh, I can do maybe two. (laughs) I had like my normal voice that was like a little more hyper. And then I tried to do this like crazy, like I think I ended up sounding like large Marge. Um, (laughs) Like I was like, there's more than that. And they really are amazing. Not to say that, that being very diplomatic, not to say that celebrities aren't great voice actors. You know who's a really good voice actor is actually Chris Pratt. Oh yeah, he's really good. I I watch um what is that God? What is that movie he's in? The Onward? Animated, huh? Onward? Yes, Onward. That Is one. Yes. <laughs> yes, Onward. I I I really enjoyed that movie. I, did I really too. enjoyed that movie. My son jo- So we got Crudes. Give me two more holiday movies real quick. Um Soul is coming out on December 25th. Very nice. Now, is that one I'm really curious because you're a dad. Mhm. Um I'm really curious if that's one that, like, if you show your son the trailer, is he into it? Or is uh, it... You know yeah. what? He is into it. Uh, he's also... Here's what I like about Soul. And when I was growing up, I'm a little bit older than you, Nikki. But when I was growing up, it was more about everything you saw on screen was white. You know, the animated, real people. So now I love from Moana, from different types of uh, um, uh, Coco, you know, you're seeing different ethnicities in animated. So it's a yeah. beautiful thing over the last 10 yeah. years that if you're a kid and you're 10 years old, you've seen a black president and a now future female, black and Asian female vice president. So the world is different. And I think now with the animation, I love that they're finally caught up and I love that they're finally showing that in animated film. So it will be definitely a film he will watch. Will he love it? I have no idea. Like the thing with my son, we think he's going to love something and then he, he's just tuned off to it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, lo- I was curious because it is a more soulful movie and yeah. sometimes um, not to say that he's not going to be captivated. I'm just curious. And there's no reason yeah, why well, he I've seen like it. This. And, put it and like yeah. J- uh, Netflix came out with this thing called Jingle Jam. You know, it, it was this big movie. I want my son, it's all black cast. I want my son to, well, pretty much all black cast. I want my son to watch it. Doesn't want nothing to do with it. I put it on. He's like, no, Coco. I'm like, all right, Coco, fine. That's I love fine. Coco. Coco's my top three of all time. Animated. And he, loves, he loves an old school movie called Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I think they're redoing it. Are they really? Well, he lo- so. it has uh it's very I, I I haven't watched it very close, but it looks like it's from Louisiana and they all have a very Creole type of sound. But it's it, he loves that movie right now too. I'm but. pretty sure they are doing a remake or they're casting it right now, but I know they're working on they're working on something. Um 
But Soul, so for people who haven't heard about it, it's Jamie Foxx plays this guy. And when we talk about, again, great voice actors, he knocked it out of the park. Like he is so freaking talented. And Can so I say, good. yeah. Jamie Foxx is the most talented person in Hollywood. Hands wow. down, no one's even close. Expand. Did you say how? I know. I said, "Wow, no, no, no." I mean, I, oh, I, I don't disagree. He's, he's super talented. I, I mean, to me, well, I wouldn't even know. I don't know if I'd use the word talented. To me, the funniest, Kevin Hart, hands down. Hundred percent. But what I'm talking about is overall talent. The the overall, like Jamie Foxx can do dramatic. He can do comedy. He can do stand up. He can sing. He's had hit records. I mean, this dude. Anything, yeah. I mean, he can do impressions. I don't know if you ever heard him do impressions. I mean, yeah. oh, to no, me, overall, from singing to acting to being able to do everything, like the whole entertainment field, to me, he's the most talented person in the game. Not even close. It's not even close. Like, there are some great actors. There yeah. are some great singers. There are some great stand-ups. But no one can do everything as well as he can all together. You know Do you know I mean? what he's really good at? And I don't know if you saw Just Mercy that came out last year no, with Michael Jordan. Please see that. He should have been nominated. And I think the movie just didn't get enough buzz. It's the movie itself. I think it was early because it came out at TIFF and I think everybody was buzzing about it. And then so much else came out. And sometimes it is about, you know, the budget that they have to sort of promote it. And sometimes I think it's like, oh, he's won before, you know, it just wasn't his time. He should have been nominated for that movie. And this is what he is so good at. And you're right about him being multi-talented. He's very good at making you feel empathy for a character. So he plays this guy that's imprisoned and has been uh, wrongfully imprisoned. And Michael B. Jordan plays the lawyer that's trying to get him out of jail. And what you feel for this character is unreal. And that's what he does so well. He makes you, he rips your heart out when you watch him play those dramatic roles. But this nice thing about Soul is it's got everything. You know, it's got the music because it's about a jazz. He's basically the premise. I get chills when I talk about it, but the premise is he's this guy, he's a music teacher and he loves his students, but his dream has been to be a jazz musician his whole life. And he finally gets this opportunity to play at this club with this famous band and he auditions and he sort of gets it. And then he's on his way to the gig. And this is his dream his whole life. He's like, yeah, I love teaching, but this is what I really want to do. And it's for anybody who feels like they've been trying and trying to get their dreams achieved and they just never got there. And they're like, oh, my life would be better if, and he falls into a, a manhole walking down the street in New York city and his soul gets separated from his body. And a whole new journey begins. And I can't say anything beyond that because it'll be a huge spoiler. I'll just say that to set it up. But he is, I'm sure it's probably going to win the Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. He, oh, for, oh, wow. Okay. It's that yeah. good, huh? Oh, yeah. It's it's really good. And the music's incredible. Um, great cast. Tina Fey is also in it. Um, and she's one of the leads. And, she, and it's just... It's just that good. So um, that comes out Christmas Day, December 25th. Oh, we're um, going to be busy in the Yo household watching all these animated yeah, films. Yeah, on Disney so, Plus. If you have so Disney we got Plus. two, The Crudes, yeah. Soul, give me one more. 
Okay. I'm going to try to think of like an. What's a Christmas mm -hmm. movie? Forget about what's coming out there. What's a Christmas movie you love to watch? The holiday. <laughs> the holiday. Okay. What is the holiday? Because I'm in it. <laughs> oh my God. Are you, okay. Tell me about the holiday. Come on. It's Kate Blanchett or Kate Blanchett, Kate Winslet, Cameron Diaz, Jack Black, and Jude Law. I've never the seen Nancy it. Nancy Myers movie. Oh, let me have some water. I've never seen it. You've never seen me put it on my Instagram. Like once a year, I put it on my Instagram because once a year, I get a residual check. Oh. <laughs> my one line in the movie. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I got to put on the holiday. Oh, what's your line she, in the movie? What's your Claire line? Claire knows this movie. Claire knows this movie. Do you like what's your line? So in the movie, um, basically what happens is Kate, um, Kate Winslet has, you know, she's in love with this guy at work and he announces he's getting engaged to another girl. So she's like, I want to go on a holiday. And then Cameron Diaz is this famous producer in Hollywood who cuts movie trailers. Her company cuts movie trailers. And she and her boyfriend played by uh, Ed Burns break up. And she's like, I want to go on a holiday. So they swap homes. And one's like a cute little country cottage. And one's like this fabulous okay. mansion. Okay. And, and then they meet... Kate Winslet's character meets Jack Black. And I remember this. Yeah. Now. Okay. I so don't remember it exactly. I remember watching this concept. I don't remember the movie, but I remember this going on with something I was watching. I have a teeny tiny role. I basically, when, when Kate Winslet is on the plane to come to America and she's just had this terrible breakup and she's like in her little woolly jacket, she's like the downtrodden English flower, you know, but she doesn't have like the best life happening at the moment. And, uh, this hot guy walks on the plane and he goes to sit down next to her and she's like, oh my God, my life is looking up. Like things are good. I'm going to LA, this hot guy sitting next to me. And then I'm the bitchy girlfriend that taps him on the shoulder because I'm his girlfriend and goes, oh honey, that's not our seat. We're sitting over here. And then I give her a look like, sorry. <laughs> oh, how'd you get, okay, how'd you get that role? Funny, okay. I shouldn't say it's funny. I'll just say it and you tell me it's funny. But Nancy Myers, who also did, uh, she's done so many classic movies, like It's Complicated. Um, what was the one uh, with Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton? I'm just blanking on the name. Um, the, the, somebody will chime in later and be like, how could you ever get that one? Something's got to <laughs> give. Something's got to give. But she's okay. known for the rom-com. She did Father of the Bride. She's a queen of the rom-com. Um, so I had to, this is when I was an actress when I first moved out to LA and I had to audition for this one line, but Nancy Myers is known to be very specific. Like you shoot 25 takes for one scene, like one shot. And she really goes for it. So I had to audition like six times for this one line. And at the time I had just moved to LA so I was super green, like they say in the business. Like I had no idea. I just thought it was cool. You know, when you go for auditions and you get to walk on the studio lots, like you go to Sony and you see all the Ghostbusters like cars there, or you go into Warner Brothers and you see all the posters and maybe you'll see somebody famous walking by or whatever, or you'll see all, you know, anyway, it's, it's fun. When you first move to LA, it's like, oh my God, I'm on a studio lot. Like I grew up in a small town. It was a big yeah. thing for me. So I just come to LA and I got a call back. I, I read for a casting director first, like somewhere in you know, the Valley. And then I got a call back to read for Nancy with Nancy in the room. Oh, wow. Which I didn't even realize what it meant at the time, but I was super early. So I went into the Sony gift shop because that's where her office was on the, on the Sony lot. I went into the gift shop 
And they had this cool mug that said like Columbia Pictures on it. And I'm like, oh my God, it's so cool. So I bought the mug and then my bag was too small to put it in my purse. So I just had it like under my arm and I walk into the audition <laughs> and Nancy's like, what's in the bag? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh my God, I look like a tourist. Like I look like a tourist right now. And I go, oh, it's nothing. She goes, no, no, no. I recognize that bag. Would you buy at the gift shop? <laughs> and I'm like, Nancy, I was early and I bought this mug and and I show her the mug. I'm like, I just think it's a cool mug because it says Columbia on it. And she's like, you are such a wacky girl. She's like, I, I, you know, and then she brought me back again. And then the next audition was with the guy. I had to read with the guy to see if we had chemistry. And my phone kept going off and I forgot to put it on silent. So every time she wanted us to kind of lean in like we were going to kiss, every time my phone would ring and she's like, do you want to get that? And I'm like, I'm sorry, I forgot to put it on me. I swear, Michael. She told me the only reason I hired you is because you were so wacky. Every time I auditioned you, something weird would happen. And <laughs> I had to cast you because it certainly wasn't my, my acting skills. Um, but yeah, and then when I shot the movie, she's like, do you want to come in on the day that Jude Law does his wardrobe fitting? You can meet Jude Law. And I go, actually, Jack Black is more my type. Can I come in during Jack's <laughs> Okay, so you moved to LA and get a pretty... I mean, a great role. Did you feel like, okay, this is going to domino into full-time acting or did you not love it? I, to be honest with you, I would get so nervous during auditions. And this is why you know you're on the wrong path. I dreamed of being an actress from the time I was a little girl. And you know, I was a model for a long time. Mm -hmm. And in my mind, I was kind of like discovered when I grew up in Canada in a small town. And when I was discovered, I was in the back of my mind, oh great, this is how I'm gonna become an actress. Cause I had no way of knowing how to become an actress for my 8,000 people, small hometown in Canada. I thought this is, this is how I'm gonna become an actress is through modeling. And then I started acting, taking classes and I should have known in the first year, but if you like were my casting director, once I walked out of the audition, if I, you would ask me to pick you out of a police lineup, I couldn't because I would black out almost. I was so nervous. Like I would be for like I'd be shaking. And every once in a while, and you know this, when you go in for acting roles, 20 of them, you don't even relate to the material. You just take whatever your agent gives you. Oh yeah. Once in a while, I would go, this is so, I can sink my teeth into this. And it was always the ones that were either the bitchy girl, <laughs> I don't know what that says, or like the party girl. I think if I could be over the top, almost like SNL-ish, yeah. if I can be campy, I can do it. But if I have to sort of just ride the moment and be that still person that my face doesn't move, that you do in movie acting, like the less you move mm -hmm. your face, the better. I couldn't do it. Like I'd, I'd crap out. Like I'd just be like, just give it to somebody else. I just can't okay. do it. So anyway, okay. that's kind of my passion. Um, but then when I would go in for these auditions, I would always talk to the casting directors. I was so curious about the process. And I'd ask questions and they'd be like, do you want to read the scene? I'd be like, not really. I really just more want to ask you about it. But <laughs> so that's how I kind of fell into hosting. And then I would go out for hosting auditions and I would book it and I wouldn't even try. And I loved it because I prefer using my own words, using my own personality. And actors, for the most part, unlike Jamie Foxx, a lot of them want to disappear into a role. They're not necessarily the person that wants to just be themselves. They love sinking their teeth. This is why you always hear actors go, oh, I already did that type of role. I want something totally different. I want to be the same all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. And then I got uh, to work with Jack Nicholson. That was another claim to fame. I had one line in the bucket list. Oh, yeah. did you really? 
Yeah. And it was what cool. What was that line? What was I, that line? It was, um, so basically at the end of the bucket list, and I'll, no spoilers here because it came out so long ago, but at the end of the bucket list, he and Morgan Freeman has gone, have gone on this whole world tour together and they bonded. And then Morgan goes back to his house and he's got his beautiful wife and family waiting for him who love him. And Jack goes back to this fabulous LA mansion and has nothing except for his money. And he realizes he's not created a, you know, he's estranged from his family. So I, there's me and another girl, he calls me and another girl over and we're there kind of hanging out with him. And I think, and then he looks in the reflection in the glass and you only see me in the scene in the background. And I go, and my friend says to me something like, um, she's like, oh my God, like, is he crying? And I go, yeah, he used to be so much fun. <laughs> and that was it. I mean, that was the scene. That was it. But the cool thing was I got to be set on set all day with Jack. I got to, I got to watch him do every scene. I got to watch him improvise this crazy scene where he's supposed to go into the fridge and open this cake thing. And you know those cake things, those plastic things you can't open sometimes? Yeah. He improvised this whole thing where he like the cake explodes around the, and he shoves it in his face and he throws it around the room. I got to watch him do that. And he, um, he had to do a monologue to me and the other girl. And so I got to sit and watch him walk in and give a monologue. So, you know, like this is the stuff. Now, was, when he when he locks in for a monologue, is he actually locked into you or is he locked into the camera? He was locked in for that one. It was, he was locked into us. He was like saying something to us. And he, um, and I don't even think it made it in the movie. It was, it, mm. I think like part of it made it in the movie, but most of that scene was him just like looking in a reflection in the glass and crying. But you see me in the background through the reflection. But see, that's the thing. I didn't care. I just want to be a fly in the wall. I just yeah. want to have one line and watch them all do their thing. And that's why I'm a better host. <laughs> all right. Let's get to the thing everybody's waiting for. Wonder Woman. Yeah. You don't want to talk about my life anymore? <laughs> no, I don't want to talk about your life. I, I love your life. Uh, <laughs> but I want to talk about Wonder Woman. Uh, this is the second Wonder Woman film of the franchise, correct? Like of the yeah. new kickoff of yeah. it, right? She's been in four movies as Wonder Woman, but this is her second standalone film. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about this new one. Okay. So this time around, they're in, it's called Wonder Woman 1984. They're in the 80s. Um, and basically Gal Gadot plays, you know, she works uh, alongside Kristen Wiig's character, who is an archaeologist. And Kristen Wiig's character becomes Cheetah, who, if people know from the comic books, Cheetah is like one of the villains. She's sort of one becomes Wonder Woman's arch nemesis. Uh, but also in the film, they added this time around Pedro Pascal, who people know from The Mandalorian, who is also playing a villain in the movie. He's kind of like an oil tycoon who kind of pretends he has more than he has. And he's kind of estranged from his son. And the little boy who plays his son is adorable. But uh, so Wonder Woman kind of has two arch, you know, rivals this time around. Um, and then I think everybody knows Chris Pine is back, but I can't say how he comes back or how they bring him back because if you've seen the first Wonder Woman, you know how that ended. But if you haven't, I'm not going to go too much into detail. So don't be mad at me. Uh, but yeah, so he's back. And I think what a lot of people loved about the first one was their relationship and their chemistry was so off the charts. Um, I'll say, Michael, like the first Wonder Woman I saw, I saw it at a, an early screening, like a press screening. And it was before there was any buzz about Wonder Woman, before anybody knew what a hit it was going to be. It was just another superhero movie coming out that was highly anticipated. And when I saw that first movie, I think I had the reaction like you're talking about, like when you see yourself on screen. I'm not saying I'm Wonder Woman, but seeing a female superhero for me 
Because one thing I, you know, would see with superhero films or women kind of like Amila Jovovich is like, I would look at her and go, I could never be that badass, you know, she's so kick-ass. But Wonder Woman for me, I connected with because I grew up watching it, but she was that woman who kicked butt, but she also was sensitive. She also was a real, a real girl, you know, like a real person. And so the first one I saw, I had chills. I cried at the end, I became emotional, I didn't know why. So seeing the second one, the first third of the movie, I wept. I just started crying. But it wasn't joy or sadness, it was just emotional. It's something about her. Gal Gadot is just phenomenal. She's a phenomenal presence on screen. I think she will go down in future generations as one of the greats from our generation, like one of those great movie stars, like we talk about, you know, ones from the past. And she has a lot more like down the pipeline. She's going to play Cleopatra. She's got a lot of other stuff coming out. So it's going to be really interesting to see her play other roles, even though she's done a couple and she's great. They've been more, you know, dramas or she did one comedy, but she's just so perfect in this role. She and Chris Pine are perfect together. Kristen Wiig crushes it. Like well, of course I think Kristen Wiig is going to be the villain. Like I want to see that. She crushes it. Pedro Pascal is one of my favorite actors. I could, I'm hugely obsessed with The Mandalorian. It's just a great movie. I'll say it's a bigger film than the first one, which is what they tend to do with sequels. Like they got to make it bigger, a bigger scale, but it still has the intimacy. Um, yeah, loved it. I think everybody's going to love it. And it comes and out. That, and when's that drop? So that drops Christmas Day. It drops December 25th. And so it's going to be a simultaneous release in the theaters and on HBO Max. So if your theaters are open, you want to go to the movie theater and you want to see it on the big screen, that's there for you. And if you want to watch it at home on Christmas Day with your family or whoever you're with, you can see it on HBO Max. Do you miss the theaters yourself going? I miss it. Yeah. I miss it a lot. It's kind of like, you know, because I do watch so much stuff at home now, it's, um, I really try to recreate the movie theater experience. I shut out all the lights. <laughs> I try to watch it on my biggest screen in my living that I have in my house, which is my living room. And I just, I try to get my bowl of popcorn. I try to recreate it, but there's nothing like it. You know, there's just nothing like it. There's nothing like, especially a movie like Wonder Woman. You know, there's certain movies that are just demand to be seen on a big screen. So I'm hoping, because my theaters are shut, um, and I did see Wonder Woman at home, I'm hoping that at some point I'll be able to see it in the theater. Would you say, and this is putting you on a spot a little bit, would you say it's better than the first or about even or just different? It's different and it's a continuation. So I don't know if you can compare them. Like they gotcha. feel very different in the sense of one was set in the early part of the century and one is in 1984. So it has a totally different vibe. Um, it has the same magic. It's, it just really feels like a continuation. I, I couldn't really say... I think if I had gone back and watched the first one right before I watched the second one, I could answer that question, but I haven't watched the first one for a little bit now, probably like a year. Um, but I will, I, you know, it's, I think the other thing is too, is I try not to compare sequels to originals because it's just hard because what, here's what you don't have in the first one or the second one that you have in the first one is like I said, that sense of you have no idea what you're about to watch. The second one, you already have built in expectations. You already have an association with the character. So in a way you have a deepening with the character, like you deepen that bond, but at the same time, you don't have that surprise factor. So it's always really hard to compare, you know, first gotcha. one, to the second one, but it's great. Gotcha. I don't think it'll disappoint anybody. 
Okay, uh, so Nikki Novak, that's yeah. the end of our time. Uh, where can people find you in all your fabulous photos on Instagram? I mean, you are a shooting machine over there. Well, if you're... <laughs> Wait, do I need to tone down the dresses a little bit? Be honest. Oh, I mean, you do you, girl. You do you. You're cu- I mean... I mean, you have that automatic timer. You you got it. You got it nailed. <laughs> Listen, me and my ring light are best friends. I mean, come on. You should sell <laughs> ring light kits, girl. Let's go. I should market it. That's um, right. Like, you know it's getting to be too much when your own mother is like, maybe you don't have to post as much. <laughs> <laughs> Like you're, if you're sick of me, um, so everybody can find my me and my ring light at Nikki Novak. <laughs> And uh, you can watch, uh, I'm actually interviewing the cast of Wonder Woman. Uh, it's, it'll be on Fandango in the next week or so. I already interviewed Kristen Wiig for the movie and I'm gonna interview the rest of the cast tomorrow. And then I should mention the Croods too, like you said, uh, on December 18th, I'm hosting with Universal a watch along party. Uh, it's gonna be a Twitter watch along party for families and that. Um, okay, okay, so you gotta tell me how can we watch along? Do we buy it and then watch along and tweet with you or yeah. how does this work? Okay. Yeah. So the way it works is you, is you, you have the movie ready to go and I'm going to have, I'm going to host the top of the show and we're going to have special guests that I interview and it'll be about a half an hour. And then at a specific point, I'll say, okay, everybody start the movie. And then as you're watching, you can watch along I mean, you'll be watching the movie, but you can follow along on Universal's Twitter and the Croods and they'll have like a lot of fun stuff come up and, um, yeah, they're better at explaining that stuff than me, but if you go okay. on to their Instagram or sorry, their Twitter, you'll see sort of like how to play along, but yeah, it'll be fun. It's like a fun way to do things. A lot of people are doing it during the pandemic. They're doing these Twitter watch along parties and the stars show up and it's just fun. It's just like adds an element to watching it at home. All right. Well, we're definitely going to be doing it in the yo household. If Nikki, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right, Nikki, thank you so much for being on the pod. All right. So good to see you, Michael. I miss you. Say hi to Claire. Kiss your beautiful family. I'm so glad to see you doing so well as well. All right. I appreciate you. You know we love you. I uh, that, is, that is Nikki Novak. Make sure you keep listening to the Michael uh, Yo Show, the Morning Yo Pod. I appreciate you guys checking it out. Appreciate you guys subscribing. We'll see you next time. Later. <laughs>